This is The Herb Walk with Jessica Baker. On this episode, we talk to Monique Connolly. We discuss OSHA, energetic clearing with herbs, and teaching herbalism to kids. Join us on today's episode of The Herb Walk Podcast on iTunes. This is Jessica Baker, and we are in the studio with Montague Connolly. He is a plant medium, a community herbalist, a musician, a Reiki master, and so much more. Thank you, Montague, for joining us. No problem. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So why don't you give us a little bit of background on your herbal history and any um, what really got you interested in plant medicine and a little bit about your background in general? Absolutely. Um, in my life, I struggled with a certain level of sensitivity. Uh, that a lot of my community didn't, didn't understand. You know, I was surrounded by Christians and Muslims, and it's not necessarily taught, you know, that there's ways to banish certain negative entities other than through prayer. And uh, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all the tools you're given. And they weren't working for me, you know, whether it was Islamic or, or Christian. Now, granted, there's, there's levels where that can work. But the dimension that I was sensing was somewhere in between I uh, I used to I used to think that all spiritual entities all exist in the same realm, that it's all just one big uh, painting. They're all just flying everywhere, and yeah, all the all the gods and the goddesses and the nature spirits and yada yada. They're all together. But it, what I found through my experience is this is not so. Is that there's dimensions, and each dimension is very organized. You know, it has its own laws, just like we have our law of gravity here and certain laws here. There's laws there. You know, and there's certain entities that exist very easily there. And, um, and not everyone's able to sense all of the realms. But there's a certain realm that I'm able to sense, uh, a realm in between, a realm where a lot of the, a lot of the old tales come from with, with the gnomes and the fairies and um, the, the certain plant spirits and certain ghouls and, and places uh, and, and things of old, you know, very old uh, folkloric things. And it's, been, and, it's been, and it's been a long journey just to learn that all that stuff's real, you know, <laughs> you know, because my mind doesn't work that way. I'm very analytical. I'm, I would have been an atheist if I hadn't sensed this stuff. You know, it would have been easy for me to say there's nothing, you know, uh, because I'm very step by step by step as far as uh, as far as my the way I decide what's real and what's not, you know. It's very much based upon senses. And so that's also been confusing as well. You know, just dealing with that internal thing like that's crazy. And then having the part of you that can sense it just like you're touching or tasting an apple. It's like, no, it's right there. You know, it's literally right there. And you're getting these consistent, you know, it's not like you're making this stuff up. It's very consistent um, stuff when you're dealing with the supernatural in real life, you know. Right. And um and so, uh, so my story started with just being haunted, basically, you know, being haunted my entire life, uh, up until around the age of 30, I was completely haunted. Um, and it started, it got worse around puberty. I was always, I was always real sensitive. Me and my sister were both very sensitive. Um, and we, even at the age before puberty, we'd be like, do you sense that? Oh my God, do you feel that the room got cold or, you know, uh, oh my God, did you hear that voice or something touched you? Did, did, you know, I, I can see that shadow behind you, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, and other people would be in the same room and not see the stuff, you know what I mean? It was like, why can't you see it? It's right there, you know? And so, um, but going through puberty, things got worse, um, Sometimes the room would spin. Uh, sometimes things would come out the closet. You know, things would come from under the bed, which which really helps me to understand a lot of children, too, you know, with that whole thing, you know, because there are a lot of negative vibrations that can become stagnant, you know, and kind of hide in these certain places. Um, but we're, we're just, oh, it's not real, you know, go to bed, you know, forgetting that, you know, we were once kids and could sense those things, too. You know, kids 
tend to be a little more open. And adults, we kind of finally learn how to close those things off. Unfortunately, I didn't ever learn that. I never, well, fortunately, I, right? <laughs> fortunately, unfortunately, it's there's definitely a gift and a curse, you know, uh, to both of you know you, anything that someone's experiencing in real life. There's always a bad, you know, and and a good, you know. Anyone that tells me that oh, I have these powers and everything is great, you know, loses all credibility, you know, like in my book because. Being in my shoes, being able to see this stuff, um, it's beautiful when it's beautiful, you know, <laughs> but when it's not. And you see these awful demons, you know, whether they're attached to people, whether they're attached to some object, it can be very hard, you know, um, just the emotional turmoil that comes with it, the, the way it feels when you're jumped upon by a certain spirit, you know, it's awful. It's almost like they can sense you sensing them. It's like, oh, you know, you know, it's like, you're part of our world. Let's play, you know? Right. And it's like anything you've ever seen in a creepy, scary movie, you know, that deals with that, like paranormal activity and all that, it's very real, you know? And I'm sitting there like, I'm not going to watch it. I live that. Like, it's real. Like, it's not something I can go to and say, oh, let's have fun. You know, like, it's like, this is how I live the majority of my life. Not being able to protect myself from these from these entities, even and even when I ran into certain um, people that talked about being witches and things, they talk about oh, all you have to do is visualize, you know, a white light, you know, and fill the golden egg with the intention. All you need is intention. wasn't working. It it wasn't working, and and the reason is is because that only protects you from a certain dimension. It doesn't cover all the all the all the different dimensions, and so. Um, but people, once again, if it worked for them, they assume that it'll work for everyone. You know, just like uh, I can't give you my uh, I can't give you. You know, we have two different skin types. I can't give you my my uh, my sun. Uh, what do you call that? The the the, the lotion, the sun. Uh, what, what do you call that? The stuff that protects you from oh, the like sun. Oh, like the sunscreen. Sunscreen. Yeah. I, I, I never use it, as you can tell. But yeah, you know. I, I but, probably but, should use it. But more. we need, but we need different levels. You know what I mean? I'm, I'd need a lot less. You know, and you yep. might need more. Same thing when it comes to spiritual protection. Same thing. And so, growing up, you know, um, the very, uh, very early in this experience, it was very difficult. It's very difficult not having anyone else, to, anyone to reach to. I didn't have any mentors. There were n- there's no one in my community. Um, I scared everyone with my stories. You know, it just scared them. They pushed me away, said it wasn't real. And um, I was forced to deal with this and just being very alone. It was very hard. It was It's a very hard life, um, the type of life I lived um, when it comes to that. But anyway, so um, there were certain symptoms, though. I could always tell when this certain psychic attack was going to happen. And it would usually be, um, you know, lights go down, you know. And you can sense something there because the thing a lot of people don't understand about the dark is that the dark really magnifies spiritual presences. It really magnifies them, whether they're good or bad. It's not just sure we in Hollywood and all that. We like to all oh, dark is evil, you know, and that's when the demons come out. You know, no, no angels too. anything spiritual is a lot more magnified through darkness and the light things become more concrete. Oh, that's a table, you know, oh, right. you know, there you are. It's, it's different. It's almost like the dark is like a portal, you know, it's like a the more dark you get and, and and now we're getting around that time close to halloween you know yep. so not only is it getting dark but also we're getting in that time of the year where the where With the, the veil. veils are it's already thinner yep. so now now and imagine how that. now you know, <laughs> and now imagine what i'm going through <laughs> this is a very exciting time for me you know but um it's a lot better now and i'll tell you why but um so so basically what would happen though is you you know you, you have these um these psychic attacks where you have these certain dreams and and in the dream it doesn't necessarily mean the dream has to be a be scary you know the dream could be a dream about anything you could see a bird and that bird's just peacefully on a branch and you look into the bird's eyes and you're like something's wrong with that bird and it 
jumps into something from the eyes of the bird jumps into you. And all of a sudden you're filled. Imagine someone dumping maggots on you, you know, just dumping them and you're just freaking out like maggots are all over me in my bed. You know what I mean? That's the closest I can think, you know, imagine, imagine your heart being broken, maggots being thrown on you, you know, losing everything you love all at one time for, for no rational reason, you know, but it just, you just, it's just instant. It just jumps onto you. So, you know, when it first started happening and I feel so bad for, for my ex-wife, cause she had to go through some of this stuff with me when, you know, early on, you know, um, when I was still figuring it out, but just having to, just jumping out of bed, screaming, ah, you know, freaking out, trying to shake this stuff off of me, you know, um, getting a little bit help from like possibly some, sometimes I'd have these little coping mechanisms. Like I'd grab a glass of water, you know, that would help calm it a little, you know, just calm the vibration down a little bit. Like, you know, just, just connecting with that element, you know, would help a little bit. Um, prayer and all that would help just a little bit, you know, but it, but it's almost the equivalent as if, as if you were started yelling at me right now, you know, I could pray, I could grab the wall, but you're still yelling at me. <laughs> I wasn't getting the source. I wasn't getting to the source. So um, eventually over the years, over many, many, many years, I stopped freaking out. And once again, this affected school and it affected work in a very negative way all the time. And it's the not relationships, it's, the relationships too, it yeah. Like. It's very, yeah. I even now I have to be, you know, pretty selective, you know, or you know, because it creeps people out. You know, it's like what? I can't have this painting here because you sense what? You know, or you feel what in my house? My house is great. You know what I mean? Like people don't always take it like you're you're sincere, you know, or or whatever. They take it like, oh no, this is too much, you know. Um, because with the level of sensitivity, certain things have to be a certain way, you know, like certain things can't, if it has that vibration on it, it just can't be in my space, you know, especially at night, you know, and if you're going to have it, we have to take it outside until the morning, you know, it's, it's very clear. It's very real. It's very consistent. Even if you were to hide it in the house, no effect, you know, I can sense it. It come, it'll come walk to me. It might come talk to me, you know, or it might come haunt me either way, you know, it might want to just stir up trouble. Cause some things just want to stir up trouble, you know, like some people are like, why don't you just talk to it, see what it wants. It's like, You're like, I'm not even going to try to go there. <laughs> but, well, the thing is, is that this realm is very much, um, you might have certain things that like, even there's, there's people here, you might have alligators, whatever. Alligator doesn't want to talk to you necessarily so much, you know, if it's starving and you're swimming in the ocean, you know, or swimming right. in the lake or whatever. Same thing in the spiritual realm. You might have something that's just a feeder. It's just a straight up feeder. It just wants to eat. You know, it's just there. It's not there to talk. You know, it's there to feed off of fear. It's there to feed off anxiety. And a lot of some of these entities, that's what they live off of. It's not that they necessarily want to hurt you, you know, but some of them, they feed on that and they're easily bred in environments where there's anger and resentment and, and they eat and they excrete that stuff. It's like this weird cycle, you know, that they create. And so a lot of people don't realize how, and that's, that's honestly how a lot of people that aren't as sensitive to sensing that realm directly, that's how they sense the stuff. You know, they sense it through emotion, something I feel I felt off for years. You know, right. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm sad for no reason. You know, things like that. Sometimes that has a very otherworldly cause that we don't give credit for. We think everything's chemical, you know. You know, it's not always that. You could be being haunted. You know, that's another another aspect of it. But um, so I eventually got used to it and started noticing that instead of freaking out, I was so used to this awful thing that I could, you know, smell it. You know, that's the only way I can explain it, you know, um, is smelling it. Um, although it's not like the way you'd smell chili, you know, but I <laughs> but I usually felt it like a vibration in my nose sort of leading me to the source. Like the limbic system being 
there's a predator or there's something absolutely. not safe. So absolutely. just you feel it like physiologically. Absolutely. absolutely. It's very strong. And just being able to follow that until it gets to its strongest source, you pick up the object, you look at it, and all of a sudden it's just raging off of this thing, you know, like it might be some doll or a painting, whatever. You look at it and it just washes over you very strongly. And, you know, you remove it from the house and all of a sudden there's peace. It's like, oh, and you can feel the object kind of reaching out like it wants to, you know, you know, like, no, don't take me out. No, it's it's very offensive to the object, you know, that you're removing because it because that was its home, too. You know, it's like this is this is where this I've been living off of the anger and the resentment, and the anxiety in this house and helping to promote it, you know, subtly for so long, you know. And and it's sad because some of the objects that we're most attracted to sometimes carry that. I I cannot use my uh uh I can't think of the word I want to use right now, but I can't I can't just grab whatever I like. Let's put it that way. There was a painting I bought that was really expensive a couple years ago. It took me forever to buy this thing. You know, I had to make payment after payment after payment. When I finally got it home, it had the had the vibration on it. And I didn't know that. Everything that I get has to almost be pre-screened, you know, before I can live with it in the home. You Is know? there a way to peacefully extract these entities from the objects or is that sometimes just too sometimes much? Th- some a lot of the time the from the when they're at the strength that I'm talking about they're so embedded within the core of the object and so they you become know, matter basically yeah absolutely and I think and, and some people they have different theories you know because I don't know you know all I know is I live it I don't know the exact sources of what some people are saying. Maybe I can sense the artist's intent as they were making it or if the artist was off. Some people are saying maybe what you're, you're sensing, you know, the children that were building this thing, you know what I mean? And their resentment that they, even though they're building this Barbie or whatever it is, they'll never be able to have one. And that somehow houses the negative whatever or whatever. I don't I don't know where it comes from, you know, but all I know is that for some reason, whatever it is, whether it's a perversion of the materials used or whatever, it just it just embedded in the it's just embedded in the doll or whatever it is. Now, there are some times I have been able to banish some things off of some things, but usually it's off of things more like a chair, you know, or something less, something you have less of an emotional attachment to, you know, and, and I don't know why that is. Um, but it, upon removing those things, it was my first, uh, it was my first win, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, now I have to do, and there was peace. You know, as long as people weren't trying to sneak things in, you know, um, just to test, because it kind of got fun for people, you know, to say, watch what Monique can do. It's weird. Watch what happens to him. You know what I mean? Like, he's really strange. Watch. We're going to bring this in the house and watch him flip out. You know, um, the thing I did like about it is that it would prove my point, you know, that I wasn't just insane, you know, you know, because. And that I wasn't afraid of these things, you know, there's no bias here into what makes it, you know. And so um, so eventually uh, fast forward, you know, a lot of years I ran into my first teacher and she took me to the mountains and she's like, we're going to harvest OSHA. And I'm like, oh, cool. I didn't know what that was. You know, I was just learning. I just kind of got into it, um, told her some of the experiences I was having. And I don't know if she knew of anything that would help. She's like, I don't know, brother. I don't know. That's that's strange. It's not common. That's a strange ailment that you have. I'm like, OK. So anyway, we went up there. We got the OSHA. She did this whole ritual, you know, um, and uh, um, saluted the four directions and all that. We came back down the mountain and um, she almost forgot to give me a piece, you know, of the OSHA. So she she gave me gave me one and I looked at it and I noticed that this root looked like a human. It looked like a person anyway, or some sort of little sprite, you know, whatever, some kind of little fellow, you know. And I automatically was like, wow, you're cool. You know, you're a cool little guy. And so I took him home. And that night in the dark, I remember feeling like 
this overwhelming power that I'd never felt before. And, um, and it was so strong that I had to remove it from the house. I didn't know what it was. It was very unfamiliar. I was like, wow, is this, this root is emanating this very strong force. So the next morning I was like, what are you? You know, this is very odd, you know, <laughs> like, like I've never felt anything like that before. And so I started talking to it, like just, you know, just in my mind, you know, it's like, wow, you really look like a man, you know, you look like a little person. So I went and got some scissors because I noticed that one of the legs was longer than the other. And I said, wow, if I were, if I were to cut these legs, you would look exactly, you know, everything would be symmetrical. So I went and I got some scissors um, and I cut one of the legs, you know, to, to, to match. And I felt this overwhelming sadness and grief radiate from the root. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. What did I do? <laughs> and for like the whole week, I dreamt of that Osha crying in my arms. You know, it was just crying. It was sad. And I'm like, what is that about? So it eventually got over it. And um, I put it in my closet on this altar. And, and once again, I could feel its overwhelming strength come back. You know, it was, it was strong, just like the first night, except I was like, I'm not going to remove it. I'm going to leave it there. And I could feel this being walking through my house. And it wasn't human. It was like a huge tree monster, you know, <laughs> like walking through the house and probably stood about eight to nine feet high, you know, and imagine something just kind of being over your face, kind of just breathing on you, you know, kind of just checking you out. And you're kind of scared, but you can sense there's something good about this thing, you know, something very good. And then it goes to work. You can feel it start to balance things in the house. You feel it moving around, just balancing this, balancing that. You know, you can feel it messing with your chakras. You know, it was very um, it was it's a, one of the most amazing experiences of my entire life. You know, just having the extreme opposite happen to me of what I'd been experiencing my whole life. My whole life, I was being tormented by these oftentimes human made things, you know, or Walmart made things, whatever they were made. And then going to nature and bringing back an entity unknowingly that had the same exact dimension, dimensionality, you know, you know, but without the evil, without the fear, it wasn't feeding on anxiety. It was, it was promoting joy and balance in the house, completely different. And after that, it became my favorite, it became my favorite herb for, you know, for that reason. And I, and I, and I, and I never felt afraid. I didn't have to feel afraid anymore. You know, matter of fact, when it was Christmas time, Christmas used to be awful because under that Christmas tree, there'd always be at least one or two gifts that would emanate the stuff. And I'd be like, I don't know what's in there, but I, no, this is a, you're not Montague, you're not touching this one. I'm sorry. This is Christmas for Christ's sake. You know, everything under this tree is blessed. You know, this is Jesus's birthday for Christ's sake, you know, and um, OSHA helped me there too. I, I got the idea to put the OSHA behind the star, you know, and the OSHA would just cloak you know, it's just like putting a big shield, a big bubble around every, all the gifts and everything under there. You know, it was the it the OSHA helped me to live a normal life. Let's put it that way. I didn't have to remove things so often. You know, it'd have to be extremely strong at this point. At first, I had to remove anything that had that. But now with the OSHA, it shielded me. And the very first time I realized that was I had a friend that went to Mexico and brought me back this amazing uh, little doll sort of thing. And I loved it. I loved it so much. And I brought it in, but it had the it had the negative thing on it. And um, whenever it was in the house, I'd be pursued in my dream before I was woken up with that crazy vibration stuff all over me. 
there'd be the skeleton with this, it, it, it was a skeleton man, you know, and he'd have this long giraffe neck, you know, and these awful eyes and he'd just chase me around. And, um, but one night, instead of, instead of removing that thing from the house, I just went to the OSHA route and said, okay, I'm talking to plants, you know, <laughs> well, well, my story can't get any weirder. So I, I asked, I said, OSHA, can you, can you protect me from this thing? Do I have to remove it to, from the house? You know, if you can, if you have any power, please, you know, please help me. And all of a sudden, for the first time, I felt like the only way I can explain is like minty fresh, you know, <laughs> this minty blue green coolness just washed over me in the entire room that I was in. And I couldn't sense that thing. And I was able to sleep in that house with that thing still in there. And so what this taught me was that and then and then I became obsessed with roots in general. You know, I'm like, hold on, if this root has this much power. You know, what other roots are out there? And it completely tied me more into the shamanic sort of world, you know, of wanting to understand more about uh, why these men were wearing roots and leaves and things like that, you know, or these women, these medicine women, you know, what? and it helped me to understand, you know, the folk, what the medicine, the 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 truth behind the folklore. This folklore comes from people that could really sense this stuff. You know what I mean? And then it becomes a story. You know, but also also the person that can sense this stuff before it becomes a story tells people that might not be able to sense it that directly. You know, but is able to still transfer that medicine to them. You know, for peace of mind, for for courage. You know, if you're going to use High John the Conqueror root or or something like that, or if you're going to want to bring more of a yin energy into your house, like a real motherly nurturing entity, like with Yellow Dock or something like that. You know, there's something. The thing about roots is that when they're fresh, when they're fresh before they've dried, the 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 creature that it is is very alive. It's very alert. It's just like waking somebody up that's been asleep, you know. And it's not even it's not even a death of the plant at that point, you know. It's like a it's, a, it's another life, you know. The the osha becomes alive in another way with that first death, you know, and, you know, once you remove it from the earth, all of a sudden it's like, oh, and, it, and the energy is expanding in ways it hasn't before. You know, the root is just reaching out in all directions. It's so alert. It's so alive. And if you're, and if you're a sensitive, you can feel it doing that, you know? And so if you bring it in the house, that fresh OSHA is just all over the place. As the root starts to dry, the, it's like the, the spirit that's also, see, I don't like to say um, the OSHA has a spirit in it, you know, because they're so one and the same, you know, like they're together, you know, it's, it's interesting. Anyway, anyway, as as it dries, it kind of goes back to sleep like it when it was in the earth. And the more it dries and when it's all the way dried, it's all the way sleep. So in order for you to use its magic for, for protection or whatever you're using it for, you've got to kind of talk to it. You know, you got to wake it up. You might have to, to rub on it. You might sing to it. You know, you might just talk to it like, oh, shit, I need you. I need your help. I need your help again. And it'll wake up uh, just like that. And it will do whatever, whatever you need it to do energetically. It's a very, I would recommend it for anybody that, you know, or, or whatever your plant ally is, you know, your own particular plant ally. I've noticed, you know, just in my journey, I've been such a fan of OSHA, um, but um, I, I noticed that a lot of people have a certain affinity for a certain plant, you know what I mean? Because rue gives off a very strong vibration too that's very protective. Well, before we talk about rue, let's take a short break. No problem. <laughs> and we'll be right back with Montague Connolly. This is Jessica Baker talking to Montague Connolly about plant spirit medicine, about the spiritual entities that are 
not within the plants, but that are that are the plant, Absolutely. basically, Absolutely. and about how we all, as herbalists, have affinities to different plants. And um, we know that Osha is yours, and right. you were about to say something about yeah. Rue. Yeah, I was just wanted to go into just other power plants that I've sensed, you know, um, greatness from, you know, and uh, Rue being one of them. Rue's an amazing plant, and you know, when I was on this whole root you know, thing like OSHA is this amazing root, you know, roots. I thought roots were the strongest, you know, were stronger than all else. And when I, when I was first uh, introduced to Rue, I was like, wow, like just from its aerial parts, you know, from the aerial parts alone, I could sense the same strength, you know, I'm like, wow, but it was different it has a different personality, you know, and Rue's very, uh, Rue likes to draw things in. It's a great, it's a great plant for people that are trying to, you know, use that sort of you know, the secret was huge, you know, a couple years ago or whatever. And it would be a great plant ally to add into that sort of medicine if you're trying to draw in things. It's very magnetic, hugely magnetic, you know, the way it works. And, and you know, and these, and I'm talking, these are stronger than garlic, you know, like, because I've tried, I tried garlic before, you know, just because of the vampire movies and things like that. Now, vamp- now garlic is strong, you know, garlic is good, but it's not as strong as like Osha and Rue. Like there's there's levels. And, and as someone who goes to people's houses to, to sometimes banish things or do plant brushings on people or whatever, with my level of sensitivity, I'm able to sense like these different levels, you know, like you have bar soap, you know, versus Ajax, you know, <laughs> like it's like if this doesn't work, do this, you know. And for like anybody being haunted, for example, if if just telling the spirit doesn't if you, if just telling the spirit to go away doesn't work then then you'd go into a prayer you know prayer would be like the next level because some some spirits don't know they're haunting you you know they don't even know like because in their dimension things are very firm too you know it's not like they're just floating around where they're at everything's real concrete and you're the ghost you know like it's not like they're just like oh let me a lot of them don't even we're surrounded by spirits all the time you know it's just our dimensions are nice and neat and orderly and you know you, this guy passes this guy and there's no trouble you know but sometimes things get crossed you have these middlemen people that can kind of almost i don't know i guess you could say be i'd hate to say police you know but some of them some of them they get strong enough where they can kind of police both realms you know or 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 help to be intermediaries between someone suffering from one side you know, to help heal some family trauma or um, or also be able to guide people to certain plants to help with certain emotional things or certain karmic things that they're dealing with or whatever. But um, but yeah, basil, basil is another good one. Um, and uh, there's just it just really I was really excited because it just linked me into all this folklore, all this magic, all this stuff now that I could explore, because now I'm able to go to these old books and say, OK, what's this fairy tale? You know, what are they using in this fairy tale? And then take it home and experiment with that. This whole summer, I was sleeping under branches, you know, of different trees, you know, like... Uh, like in the city or out in, in the, the country? In the city, in the city. I was sleeping, you know, so like you might walk by a tree and a branch falls off, you know what I mean? You're like, huh, I'll take you home, you know? So, you know, so my rooms looked very interesting, you know, for people that <laughs> happen to to uh, to walk by. But I've... Um, but I'll talk more about the uh, the tree stuff later. I, I uh, but as far as as far as hauntings though, you know, and like dealing when you're dealing with like haunted houses, you know, uh, it's very important to remove whatever that object is uh, from the house. You know, it's very and, and there's some houses that can't be unhaunted. You know, because of where it's at. You know, you'd have to remove all those bones. You know what I mean? Which would cause all kind of you know issues. You know, um, you know, or if something 
is in the walls or whatever, just you just can't you just can't pray it away, you know. It'd be nice, you know. But there's just layers to this stuff. And the closer and, and the more I don't know, just the dimension I'm working on, the dimension I'm talking about is very close to physical, but it's just not. You know, it's 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 almost like chi. I don't know. <laughs> you know It sounds like chi. <laughs> yeah, it's like heavy, heavy, heavy chi that a lot of people ignore, you know. And so since you're working in these, you know, other dimensions that are you know, intertwining with our own. Are you using these plants internally or are you just really using them in an energetic model? You know, you can go both. You can go both ways. Now, OSHA, for example, I use that externally. I never need to go dig up another OSHA, you know. So you've been using the same root? Absolutely. Okay, so you're not taking any of it or very little internally. Absolutely. I mean, if, if I use any internally, it's just like scraps, you know, from from a batch or whatever, or, you know, or something I uh, picked up at an apothecary or something like that. But like my talismanic root, you know, that's like, that's my primary OSHA medicine. Now, now kava, on the other hand, kava, I think, is strong internally. You know, if you're battling something emotional, you know, it's like, it just packs this super punch, you know, just you know, a lot of people talk about coffee. It's, it's even a Kava bar now. You know, I don't, I don't, I've never been there. I, I looked at the menu. It has all these weird flavored yeah. Kava. It seems really fake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't recommend that one then. <laughs> um, but, you know, but if you have Kava and you're going through some really like depressed, you know, some serious like, uh, you know, just something traumatic sort of hits. I've noticed that it's a really strong one internally. But but uh, but the, a lot of the medicine I'm talking about right now is stuff that you could just wear on you. You know, it's a very. I think I think as in a Western mind, in the in the Western mind, we kind of think of taking medicine internally as really taking it. You know, <laughs> and I think it's hard for us to recognize that we're not just a body. You're a story. You're a you're a huge entity that is. That's walking through space time with other huge entities that are worlds, you know. And when you, when anything you touch become is is you're ingesting in a way because it goes right into your aura. It becomes part of your story. Anybody you meet, anybody you've, anybody whose eyes you've looked into, you're in ter- you're taking some of that in, you know. So some things you just want to taste, you know. But some <laughs> some people you marry, like, oh yeah, I want a big dose of you, you know. And um, and that's the thing about these plants is that you start wearing them and or you start keeping them around or placing them on altars and things like that and they'll pop up for you you know it's kind of like that friend you met you know back in 6th grade and all of a sudden right when that person might have needed you the most you popped up in their life you know like oh you know you're part of their medicine you're part of their karma you know and just just being around certain plants up. I mean, people talk about the medicinal benefits of gardening all the time. You know what I mean? And that you're getting the, the energy of the soil into your body. You know, it's it's just in you. And as a and as a plant healer, sometimes for pe- with people in a plant medium, people some people that work a lot with plants, like I can just sense like their inner plant, like just people that just being very woody, or you know, people just being very chamomile. Whatever they're working with a lot, I'm like, I can sense that in you. You know, I can sense that medicine, and and it can just be become part of you. You know, it's an amazing thing. Um, but but yeah, definitely. I think that uh, a lot of these spirit medicines I'm talking about, you're taking 
externally, you know, <laughs> you know, you, so you might wear it. So that's where you get your medicine bundles. You know, you, you, uh, you might get some rue, a sprig of rue, nine sprigs of rue. You know, now we're tying in some of the folkloric stuff because there's a little bit of number magic in there. You know, a lot of the traditions I've studied, like the Maya and, you know, Southern African-American uh, cultures, things like that. Number nine's huge. You know, it's like, that's when the magic hits. You do it nine times, you know. Chinese medicine too. Absolutely. Nine times or like, you know, 27. If it's like uh-huh. nine times three, then uh-huh. you're like really good to go. Exactly. Nine <laughs> times three and two and seven, nine. You know, there yeah. it is again, you know. Um, so I like to do things in nines in that way. And um, and I just think that uh, if we start treating our life like that, you know, just noticing that certain people, um, even with people, you're dealing with people like, okay, maybe I can have a taste of that, you know, but it might be too spicy to have around all the time. You know, I talk to people about, like when I'm talking to them about, you know, just their relationships and things, I talk about like uh, friend frequency, you know, you know, uh, you know, so, so some people you can have at a high frequency, boop. And everything's fine. For some people, you might need to see once a month for it to be cool. Boop, boop. Some people need to be Facebook friends, you know, or some people you only see at Christmas, you know, for everything to be fine. And there's so much trouble that happens when you up the frequency, you know, because sometimes you get fooled. You're like, oh, well, this person was great out here. Let me bring them closer. And now you're not friends anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because the frequency was never meant for it to, you know, for it to be like that. And uh, same thing with your medicine. You know, there's dosages. You know what I mean? And there's there's uh, there's ways of taking them. Um, and like I've been learning a lot from the trees this summer. And 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 um, we were talking about how I was uh, how the tree branch would fall and how I'd bring it home. You know, um, I learned that. So I so I slept with probably about thirty trees this summer. And each tree had a different thing to say. And um, I before that, I had never been into trees like that. You know, before that, it was all about roots. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, what roots can I? Because I also found yerba mansa is another strong plant spirit, you know. And it's interesting to, to, to remove yourself from the paradigm of just seeing a plant. It, it's a it's an interesting way to see the world. It's, no, that's a spirit. That's an entity. That's That's a being you're dealing with. You know, and I don't have to, I don't have to make that up or imagine it. You know, I live it, you know. Um, so, so really something that was haunting me, this, this sensitivity that haunted me for 30 years, finally I'm able to have fun with it now, you know. Because now if I'm in your haunted house, I'm fine. I have my OSHA root in my pocket, you know what I mean? I can mix my little uh, uh, palm chakras with it. It just ingests right into my energetic field and I'm sleeping great in your house, you know. I can still feel the negativity, you know, but I can sleep there now. I can go anywhere in the world now, you know, thanks to being able to take this. You know, it's almost like the person that had gastrointestinal issues, you know what I mean, and couldn't go certain places with, you know, <laughs> they finally find that cure they can take with them whenever their stomach acts up. It's the it's the it's the same thing, you know, except on an energetic level, you know. But um one thing the trees were showing me is that and 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 this is just what's been revealed to me so far is that there's three primary constitutional types of the trees as far as energetically and it appears that there's one type of tree that draws up positive energy out of the earth and shoots it out the leaves it just it's just fills the air it's like energetic potpourri you know so <laughs> you know so your cottonwoods your aspens ginkgo um these are all plants that do that and I've slept with all these, you know, these are all guys that told me and they, they're all part of like the same, they all have the same jobs, you know, very, you know, on a very broad level, you know, of course they have more individual, you know, things going on, but on a broad level, they, they pull the energy out the earth and they're just always shooting this love out, you know, and always reinforcing the love and things of that nature. But then you have um, 
uh, plants, trees like purple European beech or even uh, salix, uh, which is uh, willow, you know, these, these actually, they draw in. They're like garbage disposals of the stuff we put out. You know, so all this doubt and envy and hate, violence, and all this stuff that's that's left in the atmosphere. Because this stuff is recorded, you know what I mean? This stuff doesn't just go away. You can't just slap somebody and think that just because you left that area, that slap energy is still there, <laughs> you know? you know. But these trees, they keep us alive in ways we don't, we, we can't imagine. And the more we destroy them, we're losing energetic medicine, you know? Because you need the plants that are pushing these out, pushing out the positive, and you need the ones that are drawing it in it's like suck in push out you know because what happens when they suck it in then it goes into the earth and it's kind of like neutralized so that the other plants can push it out again you know so these two completely different forces i mean these two these two different constitutional types doing so much work on the planet you know that they don't necessarily get credit for it we're just we just go and chop them down or whatever without paying attention to it the thing i the, the interesting thing though i learned is that the ones that suck in a lot of the negative energy there's a lot of kind of creepy guys that like to hang around those trees. You know what I mean? A lot of creepy spirits. And, um, and because they're being their negativity is being drawn into those plants as well. Absolutely. And so those trees, not that I promote hexing or cursing, but the trees, those leaves, a lot of that folklore that comes with use this plant, you know, use that plant. You know, these tend to be trees or plants that absorb negative energy to put it into the earth, you know. And so you can hex it because the entities that are around it, you know, will work with you. You know, they want attention. You know, you you giving them some hate to do, some you know, some some anxiety to create. You're promoting them. You're you're energizing them. You know, and honestly, just by us being that way, you know, helps them to survive more. You know, helps them to. Um, we give birth to entities all the time. You know what I mean? Through our attitudes. You know, on different levels. You know. Um, then there's another type of tree when you're dealing like with your oak, you know, oak, for example, is a really great example. Um, kind of just stirs up what's there. You know, it it's not necessarily pushing things out or drawing things in. It's just whatever's there. It wants to command it. You know, it's like an appointer. It's like this go over there, this go over there, break this down. Too much of this here. It's just wherever, whatever's stagnant is around. And it was interesting because I didn't I didn't know anything about this going in, you know. So everything has been raw, very raw. And I'm like, okay, I'm noticing there's these different types, okay. And and then I start doing research on oak, and it's like, yeah, oak is the emperor of the forest, you know. Like I hear all this stuff about how it was worshipped and and this and that for being this commander, for being this chiefly. And I'm like, it makes complete sense. <laughs> It's the bo- it's one of the bossiest plants on the that I've ever encountered. You know, it's just you know, give me and wants to run and command. You know, it's very commanding, and so it'd be a great herb for someone to have that is going through uh, being afraid. You know, or being afraid of. Uh, change or or being afraid to speak at a public event or whatever. That's what these plants also do. You know, that's why you'd have certain plants on you for love magic and things like that because what they do is they 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 subtly touch someone else's aura. They subtly touch someone else's uh, story. They work on your story. Think of your story as an entity. That's where you get the whole concept of bad luck. What is bad luck? Bad luck is your story body kind of falling off balance you know what i mean and perpetuating absolutely this negative absolutely reaction absolutely and then you reinforce it by saying ah, oh my god 
what? And what happens again? You fall. You know, Jason, when Jason's chasing some lady through the forest and she gets to her house, she might have the keys right there, but she's panicking. Oh my God. Ah! Jason gets her anyway because she can't open the door. You know, she can't calm down to say, okay, what do I need to learn here? You know what I mean? All right, where's the keys? You know, they put them in the door. You know, it's this, but through our reactions, we reinforce it. Our thoughts are very strong. That's the amazing thing about plants. Plant is like thought times 3,000, you know? So if you have a thought that you're, something you're trying to, that's where, this is where magic comes from. You know, this is the the core of, of, of magic and why you use different things is because certain things can, it's almost like a, a microphone, you know? You can squeeze your intent through a plant that's really loud, you know what I mean? Or quiet yourself with this quiet plant. They're like manifestations of thoughts, you know? They're like tools for us thought wielders because thoughts are very important because what do thoughts do thoughts are guardians and they protect certain marriages that we make with our environment so you know we're walking through the we're walking through life and we have certain receptor sites that maybe we got through um, our parents you know that make us susceptible to certain things you know maybe it's our parents the time we were born all this stuff whatever it went in to kind of making us susceptible to certain types of spirits certain types of things we just tend to like and like meaning good or bad you know you might be someone who likes woe is me attention you know like oh woe is me oh here how sad i am you might be someone who's fed off of getting angry i feel powerful when i'm mad i have to pretend like i don't like it you know because it's not socially acceptable to just be angry but i'm gonna look for any opportunity to be upset you know because i feel strong you know and um so you're dealing with these receptor sites, but what happens? You get thoughts to protect the marriage that you made with that thing. You see? So you have you so you have your receptor sites, you get the you get the spirit of what let's say it's rage. You marry rage, and then you get thoughts to protect that. I'm upset because people are always looking at me funny. You know, I'm upset because I lost my keys. You can think of a million thoughts, reasons to be that way. And you never analyze them because why? Because the thought talks to you as if it's you. The spirit talks to you as if it's you. And so you think it's your own thought. I think a big part of our issue of, of living in a body and thinking that we're just this capsule is that we, we are fooled into whole, in placing value on our thoughts. This is my thought, you know, I thought this. So it has validity. I feel this. So it has so much validity, you know, without instead understanding that we are a mind, we're sharing thoughts whether we're speaking or not, just because a thought comes into your mind doesn't mean it's yours and you don't have to accept it. You know, I believe you don't need to accept it unless it's good for you. You know, you know is it helpful? You know, is it true? These are things to ask yourself, you know, um, or does it just reinforce the aspects of me that have, you know, caused me pain in the past, you know, but the plants are amazing because they don't waver. It's like animals. Animals know their medicine. You know, you don't catch the bear trying to act like a fish. You know, the bear is tied into bearism, you know, which is a which is a which is a very important animal in my life, you know, because I was called bear as a kid. You know, uh, my mom called me that and uh, for no reason, you know, or so I thought, you know, I'm like, mom, why'd you call me bear? You were just my little bear. I'm like, but my name's Montague. You know, where do you get that? You know, then growing up, it was a favorite animal, you know, and um and before I knew it, it was popping up in pictures. 
you know, um, like just weird pictures where there'd be like something brown and it looked like a bear in the background. I'm like, what is that? Like, I don't know. There was nothing there, you know, just weird, creepy stuff happening around that. And eventually I'm like, you know what? That's my power animal. You know what I mean? I started having these dreams about the bear and, you know, how so- how strong its sense of smell is and how powerful the bear is. But then tying it into the OSHA. Well, Shelly, who was who my, uh, my, my, my dear teacher, you know, to this Before day. we talk about Shelly, let's Absolutely. take a quick break and we'll be back with Montague Connolly. So this is Jessica Baker, and we are back with Montague Connolly, and we are talking about fun things like bear medicine, absolutely, spiritual herbalism, plant mediums, tree medicine. We've pretty much covered a bunch of topics, and it's been wonderful. Let's talk a little bit about Shelley. You were about to tell us about your yes. one of your favorite teachers. Absolutely. My favorite teacher. And um, Shelley was one of the first people during that time of me coming into this awakening around plant medicine. She was one of the first people to say, Montague... What you're saying is amazing, you know. Where other people before that were like, what are you talking about? She was like, the things you're telling me about OSHA, you should not know unless you've read about OSHA. Have you read the folklore about OSHA? You know, because I talked to her about the doll, you know, about the about the root that I cut with the metal and offended the OSHA, you know. She's like, did you know that that's a, you know, a, a big D, a big thing around OSHA that metal can draw up the spirit or, or offend the spirit? I'm like, oh, no, you know. Okay, well, did you also know that you having this association, this huge love of the bear is also tied into the OSHA? No, I didn't know that. Mont- do you realize that, you know, what you're saying? It's, it's incredible. So she, she was able to see all these parallels, you know, and was like, this is amazing. You know, definitely, you know, you, you, should, you, should, you should stick around. You know what I mean? And ever since then, you know, and then a lot of the students, they started calling me Bear Man. You know, Bear Man is, is, is my nickname among that circle of herbalists. Um, and, uh, it's been a, it's been a blessing to finally have a home, you know, have a home where, where people are receptive to, to the knowledge that I've been able to, to gain around that, you know? Um, and it's been amazing also to continue, continue to have these things sort of come together finally, you know, at my ripe old age of 35, you know, yeah, <laughs> you <The> know? Young <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> you know, I've been able to, to learn so much from an interesting in an interesting way, you know what I mean? In a very, uh, in a unique, coming from a very unique path, um, you know, even coming from the whole thing about, you know, the people that dream about bears in certain in certain traditions are looked upon as the healer. You know, bear bear is known as the first teacher, you know, of the herbs and a lot of um, Native, Amer- Native American tribal stories, you know, he's, because the bear is like an intermediary, you know, between man and the earth and through his actions, you know, he, he, he prefers foods that people would like, you know, as we all know from you know, <laughs> from you know, uh, from him rummaging through our trash. But no, but even as far as berries, you know, he's not a grazer, but he likes vegetables. You know, so he like berries, and he'll th- eat different different things that we would eat. You know, so a lot of these natives, they're watching the bear. Like, what is the bear eating? You know, and the bear loves OSHA to death. You know, it's one of the first things that the bear looks for coming out of hibernation. You know, to get the gastric get the gastric juices running again, to get the digestive system working after they've been in hibernation. It's also very much necessary for their mating. You know, it helps them with mating. They've been they've been seen kind of offering OSHA to their mates. You know, um, they roll around in it. It's like bear nip. <laughs> you know what I mean? They love the stuff, and and so do I. Um, and another interesting thing that came about with uh, with when we're dealing with aspen. Um, 
And aspens being one of the plants that draws the positive energy out of the earth and shoots it into the atmosphere. But aspen and I also have a very strong connection that I didn't know until this summer. You know, matter of fact, aspen almost ruined my whole experience, experiment, because once it was in my room, I was like, oh, I'm in love. Like, this is it. Like, I just want the aspen in my room, you know. And, um, but I, I had to sadly, sadly take it outside so I could allow for other trees to express themselves to me. But aspen's dear to me, just as dear as the OSHA is. And, um, but then again, OSHA likes to grow near aspen. You know what I mean? Um, uh, over on our last camping trip, I actually wrote this song. Uh, if I can remember it all the way, it's like a camping song I wrote. It's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's cute. I'm, I'm going to sing it for you. It goes, Bear Osha and Aspen, I'm lost in this lesson. Please send me your wisdom. Oh, where should I be? Bear Osha and Aspen, I'm lost in this lesson. Please send me your wisdom. Oh, where should I be? Fill me with the life of the forest. Fill me with the light of your spirit. Bear Osha and Aspen, I'm lost in this lesson. Please send me your wisdom. Oh, where should I be? And it just kind of keeps going and going and going. But that's where that kind of came from. And um, hanging out with different herbalists like Ann Drucker and, and these different um, really skilled herbalists around town, you know, they they're talk, they tell me more about the folklore of those three, you know, of those. And I'm like, wow, I would have never, you know, without the spiritual sensitivity that drove me crazy as a youth, I would have never come into this herbal, this, this herbal world, you know, that, that is the hook. That's what that's what grabbed me. And that's what pulled me in, and that's and that's why I can't leave it. It's it's become a ministry, really. You know, it's like you know, I'm banishing demons, devils. You know, just get them out of our life. Emotional troubles, whatever it is, we can do it with plants. You know, it's the and and one of the things I was saying about that was that um, when you're the herbs, just like the animals, they don't lose themselves. You know, we pride ourselves on being humans because of our ability to be creative. You know, we have this creative sort of thing that kind of moves us, you know, um, it inspires us. It's like, what kind of worlds can we create? And sometimes in our creating, we become so far removed from the mother, you know, from Pachamama, you know, from the mother earth, from Gaia. And uh, we forget that we forget her beauty. And when we become lost, we forget where to go. And um, in the animals, and this is one of the things that's powerful to me about having power animals, you know, or having power plants in your life is that they can remind you of home. You know, they can remind you of where you belong, you know, because we, we, we pride ourselves on creating these worlds, you know, but I think that our true purpose was to kind of create these worlds in a way that works in harmony, you know, but it seems like we want to get away you know, like I have a cousin that he's always talking to me about, oh, one day we won't need anything. We'll just hook our brain into a computer, you know, to download information that way. And we'll eat, you know, kind of like the Matrix, you know. But it fascinates, you know, we won't need this earth. We're getting farther. But it, but when we look at statistics and the way the world is, the farther we get away from that. And all our creative power, the more we lose ourselves, the more depressed we are, the more violent we are. And um, the more disconnected we feel dis to ourselves, absolutely. not even to each other. Absolutely. And by me tying in my spirit, realizing that I am Bear, I am Osha, it they're able to anchor me. So I'm just not floating off into my, just lost in my mind, 
You know, I'm, they're able to anchor me in, in reality. What am I at my heart? What am I? And that's what these power plants do is they anchor you. They, when you find your plant ally, that, the one that keeps popping up in your life, that one that keeps talking to you in the dreams, that one that grandma was using that you never paid attention to and you just felt a strong connection to it. When you finally find that plant and you learn the energetics behind it, that's you. You know, it's not it's not something other than yourself. I'm a firm believer that we come from many different dimensions before we're born. And that when we are born, that 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 place we're from sort of fragments and in this dimension manifests as different things. But they're all you. Of course, you get a piece that you get to play with as your main piece. But just like when you're playing chess, you're not just that king on the board that you're trying to protect. You know, you're all these other pieces, you know, but it takes experience and and love to open up to really um, to really see that I am you and you are me, you know. But then to also see what are your anchors? Who are your guides? You know, and when you're able to find that, you know, it's like, no, I am a bear. Why am I afraid? I'm a bear. You know, like, you know, you know, why am I hungry? Why, why, why don't I have what I need? Bears a survivor, you know, why am I, why am I getting caught up in, in the, in the falseness of this world? I'm a bear. I need to go hibernate. Let me, let me go within, you know, all these, all these, all this wisdom packed into that animal, you know? And so I think that's another side of the ministry when you're talking about herbalism as well. I, for me, herbalism is just as much almost like almost a religion in a sense. You know what I mean? Like it's a spiritual tradition, you know, and and there's and there's and it and it, it's been a blessing because growing up in different, you know, modern Western religions, you know, like Islam and Christianity and, you know, just having friends that are Jehovah's Witness and, you know, just being involved. God, I always looked at God as being so far away. You know, it's like, oh, when I die, I'll meet him, you know. Oh, why didn't he answer my prayers, you know? Whereas with plants, it's like I get to interact with God every day, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm out here, you know, I'm, I'm with the Osha, I'm with the Rue, I'm, I'm, I'm in someone's garden touching the divine. It just brings the divine here, you know. They bec- the, the plants become our priests, you know. They become our, our guardians, and, and our fellow man become medicine, you know. And, and you see the God in them. And it's amazing. You know, it's it's hard in this life where we're taught to sort of love the celebrity. Oh, if it's far away from you, you can love it. You know, uh, if it's if it's something rare or something you don't come across, then you can love it. But just to be able to look at someone and say, no, I'm fully in this moment. You know, I love you. You know, in this moment, I'm going to see you. Not because you're important and we're in some Kevin Costner movie or, you know, or because, <laughs> you know, nothing against Kevin Costner. He does good work. But I mean, but just someone, the people in your family, like just being, just touching the earth and, and, lo- and, and, and seeing these wonderful presences all around you. You know, just really kind of teaches you to love your love the people that are there too. You know, you know, spread love in your community and and be fully present in the now. You know, you know, I'll not I'll love myself when I get a million dollars. Not I'll see God <laughs> when I die. You know what I mean? No, it's all now. Everything's now. And um and and my dreams and my goals for the future are not the aim so much. They're just fuel for me to move. They're the reason I get out of bed. But it but but as I move through life in real life in real time. I'm going to change and I'm going to be exposed to now's a present moment that's more beautiful than what I could have ever imagined. But the the dream is just to get me out of bed. The goal is just that's just keeping you moving. You know, that's just that's just the path itself almost. It's like an aspect of the path. It's gasoline to get down the path. But um but yeah, the plants the plants have really have really opened my eyes to a lot of things about reality and um 
and it's and it's really been uh, can't stress it enough how much of a blessing it's been. You know, also being able to see these layers of reality that aren't often talked about in mainstream society. You know, they're brushed off as old wives' tales. You know, um, at first it was kind of stressful. You know, because it's like it goes against everything I was taught. But then when I when I was just when I finally was able to say, you know what, I'm going to be honest, you know, with myself and what I'm seeing and stop trying to place it in scientific boxes, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, all kind of things opened up, you know. So um, those have been um, the biggest blessings and why and how OSHA became my medicine and how I kind of got into herbalism. Because after that, it's like, well, you know, there's nothing that herbs can't touch, you know. Sure, you pray, that's going to be on a subtle realm, you know. I take an Advil, that's a very physical realm, you know. I go and uh, put a roux sprig in my mouth. I'm hitting all those layers at once, you know what I mean? Not only, am I, not only am I blessing myself, you know, it's like I'm cleansing my aura, you know, I'm healing karmic debt, you know, I'm and, and I'm getting all those constituents directly into my bloodstream, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, it's, it's an amazing world uh, to be in, especially living in the city. You know, I notice that my vibration shifts when I'm in the forest. It's a completely different world. And it's well, let's take a break real quick there. And then let's talk a little bit about the differences of being in the city as opposed to being in the forest. Absolutely. This is Jessica Baker, and we're back with Montague Connolly talking about plant spirit medicine, herbalism, different dimensions. We've talked about the matrix. We've covered it all. Um, the important thing really we keep coming back to is the importance of our relationship to the plants Absolutely. and how you don't even have to take the plants internally, but just really having an, um, I mean, what I would consider a spiritual connection to the plant. Absolutely. I mean, I call on my plant healers all the time and I they don't necessarily have to even be in my house. Mm -hmm. I can just really visualize them and then I can feel their healing presence. So you were about to talk about the difference between being in the city as opposed to being in the forest. And as herbalist who maybe don't have access to going out into the wilderness, um, do you have any advice or what would you say are the differences from practicing herbalism in a city as opposed to having the privilege of just wildcrafting all day long and frolicking in the forest. <laughs> I mean, the blessing of being in the forest is that as soon as I get in the forest, I feel so crisp. You know, there's just a certain crispness that happens. And um, I dream differently um, than I dream in the city. You know, in the city, like I, I tend to have like city-esque sort of dreams, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of times, unless I'm doing some kind of plant work, you know, it's like, oh, you're at work and, you know, the symbols that are happening uh, throughout. But like in the forest, it's like I get like all these deep kind of prophetic dreams. They're short and they're heavy, you know, like foo, 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 foo. And, um, and I just think that it's because I'm surrounded by all these different entities in the forest, you know, like where we've killed a lot of them in the city. You know, and it's interesting when you note that you can kind of, you know, I, I know I keep going back to this God concept, but the fragility of God, you know, when you look at it that from that perspective, like, wow, when you're when you're over harvesting OSHA, for example, you're killing God in a sense. And um, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, we like to think, oh, you know, everything's infinite, you know, everything's forever. But we don't realize also how certain things are so precious. You know what I mean? Like we also have to protect God, if you know, we're going to use that word, you know, protect the divine, protect the mother as well, you know, or else we're not going to have access to these certain medicines, you know. But if you're in the city, I think um, 
even though you don't have access to the the uh, the wild kingdom, you know, um, of plants uh, um, at your disposal at all times, I definitely say definitely grow some in your house. You know, grow grow something in your house and talk to it. You know what I mean? Sit there and 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 be in your garden too. If you can, if you don't have a backyard or whatever, get a plot. You know, there's like a lot of these community places that offer a space at their community gardens. You know, ten dollars a year maybe at some places. You know, um, to really get that connection. You know, because I think it's I think it's I think it will heal a lot of ailments in society. You know, a lot of the depression, a lot of the aggression, a lot of the feeling lost. If we tr- if we really knew where 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 value is. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree. Okay, so on. The- that same vein of just, you know, healing ailments that are, I mean, as an herbalist point of view, we see as being, um, you know, not, you know, like we're told, oh, you have depression, you're going to be on this antidepressant forever, and you're never not going to be depressed. We know that with herbalism, we can overcome anything. Absolutely. I mean, I know that's a grandiose statement, but I mean, I believe I could say that in front of you. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, what about the children? I mean, they, I mean, to be all super cheesy about the children are our future, what do you have to say to them about herbalism and just, I mean, this connection to spirit in general? Absolutely. Well, they've grown up in it, you know, um, ever since they could talk, you know, they've been around the stuff. So when my, when my, when I say, go downstairs and shut the garage door, but I'm scared, it's dark. Oh, here, take the OSHA route, you know, and all of a sudden they're not afraid anymore. You know, just walks down there, you know, um, I'd make a, sometimes I'd make a doll out of OSHA too. Like I would uh, get, um, get two two popsicle sticks and just tie the root to that and like and it's and then tie like some fabric around that and it would look like a it's a little weird doll you know and um they would take that thing everywhere you know and the, the amazing thing is sometimes when i was having a psychic attack you know or or something was in the house that wasn't supposed to be there i'd notice that they'd cry in their cribs or or cry in their room too you know and i'm like oh my goodness they can sense the same thing you know it, it's amazing how open the kids are you know like some cuz sometimes you know raising our kids we're like oh if they're crying because they're hungry you know because their diaper's not changed you know or because they want some attention or because they're sleepy or whatever you know but we forget that other component you know <laughs> what if there's something icky in your house you know what I mean um, it's not always easily like so so whenever they told me something was in their closet I didn't say it wasn't there because I couldn't how could I say that and also, and also I can go to their closet and sense it you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, there's something in here. Let's get the sage, little Siri. My kids are Sirius and Orion, and so they're they're both named after those. So I'm like, okay, little Siri. I call her little Siri, and I'm like, okay, let's get the sage. And yeah, she we'd just go in there and we'd sage the sage the closet. You know, we'd sage underneath the bed. So we'd go fight the monsters. I think it's important as parents for us to not always you know look at the kids and say you're you're wrong, you know, but to say. Okay, you're a little healer, you know, you're a little medicine person. Show me your wisdom. Where is their negativity in the house? Where'd you see this monster? Where's this ghost? You know, let's go deal with it, you know. And we'd go and we'd go and deal with it. They didn't ra- they weren't raised in a household where that was taboo, <laughs> you know. Um so and also like if they were having nightmares, I'd use that rosemary essential oil, you know, and put like a, a little bit on my finger and just put like a little cross on their third eye and amazingly like you could just feel their vibration just whoo to peace. You know, just those constituents going through the skin and the energy of that plant. I was talking to another woman who, um, whose son was having night 
terrors a lot. You know, just those night terrors where they wake up and scream and run around the house. And then in the morning, they don't know what they did. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, she brought a live rue plant and put it in his room, eradicated it, you know, just by having the presence there. But having kids in that in that world is really cool. Also, to have kids so young knowing plant names, Latin names, you know, like my son, um, he knows a lot of Latin names. And uh, one of the ways I had to get my daughter interested, because at first they, you know, they might look kind of like like just some foreign, weird stuff, you know, when you look at a Latin name. But when you turn it into a magic word, it's different. It's like Harry Potter, you know, Scutellaria lateriflora, poof, <laughs> just pops out the earth, you know. Legusticum proteri, poof, Hypericum perfoliatum, poof, and they just pop out, pop out the earth. And when you're doing that with your kids, they're like, ah, this is awesome. This is fun. You know, you can play games with them. Speaking of games, there's some really great games out there for kids right now. Uh, the guy who wrote Botany in a Day, Elpel is his last name. I'm trying to give him a plug, but Elpel is his last name. If you put Botany in a Day, Elpel in the search, you'll find it. But anyway, he wrote Botany in a Day. He came out with a children's book called Shanlea's Quest. And in Shanlea's Quest, she rides this little boat around to all these different islands. And each different island is an island that is inhabited by a different plant family. And so it teaches the kid about the plant family because there's a guardian that's over each each place and what kind of kind of scare her if it has poisonous people in it you know what i mean <laughs> poisonous plants in it or whatever it's a really interesting book but it also comes with a card game shenleia's quest card game so we're playing memory putting different plant families together you know and things like that so but it's, it's very educational you know um and another game me and my son created we call uh plant sorcery wars you know maybe we'll come out with it one day but you know he's at that age now he's he's seven and it seems like all boys at that age want to do is just kick things and karate things and 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 shoot energy bolts out at things and and it was, it was really interesting also even going to his school um and seeing him with his own group of friends that's a weird thing as a parent it's like you have your own crew like <laughs> but then as soon as they see each other they don't it's not like they say hello you know it's like pacha you know pacha pacha fireball so I saw that and I said how can I keep him interested in herbs you know and um. And, and go to his level. So we created this plant sorcery wars where in order to battle, we're battling with these herbs against each other. So he's a plant sorcerer. I'm a plant sorcerer. And we get a certain amount of points. And so you have, uh, so you have to summon the plant with a Latin name. That's how you summon the plant. So he summons, he's like, Simisifuga racemosa and some big snaky plant, you know, it's like, you know, and I might summon Lucusicum proteri, and this big plant will summon, and there's like a bear spirit in the plant. In order for it to attack me, he has to say uh, the common name, you know, it's a, a black cohosh attack, ah, and he's sending his his little monster at me, and I'm like, oh, uh, Osha, block me, protect me, you know, and the Osha will block me. You know, there's all these rules, and, you know, it's a, it's a pretty interesting game. We just play it, you play it with a flip of a coin, you know. Know, maybe I'll post, you know, uh, my Facebook is Montague Connolly, um, but and maybe I'll post some of the, the directions in there. But um, but it's he's so engaged, like he really wants to beat me with these different plants and he can't use the same plant twice, you know. And so um, and there's all these different powers that each one has, you know, so he might try to he might summon uh, 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 Piper, uh, Piper, um, he might summon Piper, you know, uh, I can't, I can't think of the species name right now for some reason I'm drawing a blank. You know, what is it? Piper? Oh, we're talking about like black pepper Kava, or something? Kava, Piper. Oh, Oh my God! I, sh I should know I'm this. I should know. I know this. Names. I know this name. I use it all the time. But anyway, he would know it right now because he plays the game all the time. Anyway, he'll summon. He'll summon that plant to to put me to sleep. You know. 
so he can so he can attack me. You know. Oh, what so I mean? you're actually using like plant properties? Absolutely, in... absolutely. Okay. No, that's awesome. Absolutely. So like certain plants that are known to sedate, he'll use them to sedate me. You know, so that he can attack me. Oh, that's awesome. You know, with another plant. You know, <laughs> or a plant that's really good or high mineral or whatever. You know, that might uh, be good for to boost the immune system so that diseases can't get in. You know, he might use that to shield himself or you know or something like that or just to gain extra power before he does a move. So anyway, so you have that whole um, that whole dynamic going on. But he loves it. He loves it. That's he funny. loves it. Me and my daughter. We actually. This is a funny story. I wonder if she remembers this. But back before I ran into OSHA. I remember I read something online once, um, and this is before I knew anything about uh, apothecaries. And there's like these little botanicas, you know, uh, on certain corners or whatever. And they sell these really low quality herbs, you know, like in a little bag or whatever. But I read online when I was just going through like, how can I how can I uh, get rid of this negativity? So some of her Barbies were emitting some weird energy once. And I was like, okay. And so I learned this whole like banishing like decoction that some witches had made, you know, um, to, to get rid of things. I remember she and I, I'm like, Hey, you ready to give your Barbies the the herbal bath? She's like, yeah. She was like super excited. Like, (laughs) like it was a spa thing. You know what I mean? So there's like this nasty Brown, like decoction with like garlic and onion and elecampane in it. And like we're like washing them down. But you know, because I was having, I didn't want to have to, I didn't want her to have to get rid of her Barbies, you know, that I was having this experience with. So anyway, but those are some of the ways that, you know, they've really, they've been a part of my spiritual journey and been a part of just my, uh, the the medicine aspect as far as, you know, um, cures and remedies, you know, on this journey. And they, they know that that's the first to go to, you know, um, they, they don't trust the, the bottle, you know, of the prescription over the plant, you know, And, and they feel so secure on this dimension, you know, they feel like they're always surrounded by medicine, you know, no matter where they are, you know, they've seen what happens if they scrape themselves and plantains around, or, you know, if I have, there's some yarrow around and I'm able to, you know, <laughs> chew that yarrow up and stuff it up her bloody nose or, or whatever. They just, you know, and they're just so used to it, you know, and I look so alien, you know, to other people, you know, they're like, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing to your kid? You know, but, um, but they, but they've come to appreciate the earth in a way that I that I could have benefited from, you know, coming up, you know. So, um, so it's a, it's a it's a pleasure to be able to pass down that lineage, you know. It's a pleasure to know that there's places um, where people have a place for the shaman, you know. They have a place even in this modern world. There's still a place for the shaman, the the witch, you know, the green witch or the you know or the plant medium, whatever we want to call them, you know. So that you know, because if there's no place in society, where do you put people like that? You know, the crazy house. I could have easily been in there, you know, if I'd have been in a certain type of family, you know. You know, I was raised in a family, you know, low income family, so they don't usually just put people in. You know, they're just they just kind of hush hush it. You know, <laughs> I think if my people would have been well off, they'd be like, let's get him a doctor. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so. But that's that's what my experience is, has been like, and also having them grow up in the shop. You know, that's how I started out. Um, Helping a lot of people after I went through Shelly's program with her Artemisia and Rue, after I went through her program, you know, just working in her shop for, for two years, you know, seeing clients, seeing people. And my kids, I didn't always have care for them. You know what I mean? So they would just be in the shop, you know, first they'd be bored. And then I'd say, hey, go look at some herbs, you know, so they're smelling the herbs. I'd have them write down which ones they like the smell of and they'd smell the essential oils. And um, they started memorizing a lot of the names, you know, and uh, it's just really interesting to have have to have left that kind of legacy. You know, a legacy is very important for me, you know, and um, 
And so um, that's been the biggest blessing of having children that have been able to see me walk this way. You know, even if they choose to abandon it later, you know, at least they were, you know, exposed to it in a way that I that I would have liked to have been. It would have it would have it would have saved me a lot of turmoil. <laughs> you know? And even the subtle effects, even if they don't remember everything they learn now, that's definitely that's like now in their DNA. Absolutely. So that's really going to travel with them for the rest of their life. Absolutely. Which is wonderful. That's great. That yeah, if only we could have all grown up with our our life would have been so <laughs> oh much better. Oh my goodness. And just and the other big blessing was just that it spoke for itself. You know, like when I started introducing it to other family members, you know, they were like, What? But then, you know, for example, one of my cousins, you know, was real like was real stressed out, having some issues, um, and and was on some sort of medication for it, you know. And I I told him, Oh, take take uh thirty milliliters of this uh of this uh, of the skull cap tincture, you know, um, three times a day, you know, I told him that. And, um, and he thought, and he was like, well, you know, what is that? You know, what does that mean? So I told him how many drops it was, but he thought I said one drop, you know, pretty much, you know? And so he was taking one drop three times a day and had the most amazing results ever. And I'm like, I did not, I would never dose that low typically, you know, ever, you know, I like the heavy dose. I want you to feel it, you know, but he, <laughs> he felt it. And, and I'm, I'm like, wow, see, that's all it took. You know, that's all it took for him. Now he's, he's, he said, it feels like for the first time I'm out of this water. You know, I've been just drowning in my sorrow, drowning in, in this depression. And, you know, just so many, just in so many ways, I've just been able to test this stuff out, you know, you know, when I was in my early days, you know, on my family and nothing but good stuff was coming about, you know, from it. So, you know, so it's, it's definitely, uh, it's been a blessing in that way. And along with being an herbalist and a plant medium, um, you're also a musician and a rapper. Absolutely. You blend. I mean, I've gotten to hear one of your songs, but you why why is it important for you to blend music with plant medicine? I feel like that is the way to spread the knowledge. I think that's one of the reasons why the church is so successful. The Church of Osha? The church <laughs> eventually that's coming soon. But the the Church of Jesus Christ has been so has been so successful partially because it's so adaptable, you know, to the culture, modern culture. You know, there's like rap, you know, there's there's gospel rap out, you know, there's gospel R&B, you know, there's gospel jazz, there's gospel everything, you know, um and there's there and the, and the there's missionaries all over the place in many different ways and forms that that fit the way the modern mind works, you know. And so I think it's important going forward that we have fresh energy behind this plant medicine. You know, we need it to have different masks. You know, it needs to have a punk rock mask. It needs to have rock masks. It needs to have masks that fit in the workplace, the business, corporate America. You know, it needs to have masks that are hip hop and street. You know, um, I used to work with um, some kids, um, emotionally disabled kids um, that they all put in one room. All these kids that get into fights a lot, you know, all these kids aren't ankle monitors and whatnot. And, you know, and so you would think you couldn't talk to them about herbs, but they'll listen if you know the language, you know, Um and one of the ways I was able to draw them in was by talking about marijuana, you know. Of course, I'm sure, you know, the public school system, you know, wouldn't appreciate that. But these kids, that's all they'll talk about, you know, is this who's getting beat up, you know, you know, or who's or who's smoking what, you know. And so when they would talk about, man, you know, the weed game and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, let's talk about cannabis sativa, blah, 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 blah. And before you know it, I'm able to take them. They're like, well, I'm like, there's other things that are good for the nerves. You know what I mean? They're like, what? Like, really? Like, yeah, let's look at this plant. Let's look at this. Start introducing them to nervines, you know, just by starting off with the forbidden plant, 
You know what I mean? And then segueing, they don't even know what, what's happening. You know, they think I'm still this cool guy teaching them about like ways to get messed up. You know what I mean? <laughs> and alter their consciousness like in fun ways. So just knowing the language. But hip hop is once you know hip hop and if you're really cool like I am, joking, <laughs> you're automatically cool. You're automatically given a platform in that society. You know, it's like, you know, basketball, you know, or if you can say you were raised on the streets, you know, or if you have a certain lingo or if, you know, hip hop, the kids listen. And that's that's where my heart is. My heart's with these inner city youth that have parents that struggle with uh, poverty, parents that struggle with depression and anger, um, that don't have access to food. You know, some of them, some of them, uh, they're, they're eating things, but they're not food. You know, <laughs> I would hardly call Captain Crunch for breakfast, you know, a full blown meal. You know, you're sending your kid off to school with. And, you know, and that's that's another reason why I talk about also the herbs kind of the herbs remind you of how to feed your body. You know, when you drink that nettles, you know, tea and fill all the minerals work just just feeding your entire body. And, you know, how different that is from you feeding your imagination. It's all different knowing these different bodies, because sometimes we just use our body to feed our imagination you know i used to love captain crunch not to bash captain crunch you know i i I, but i used to love it because in my heart in my mind it did things for my mind you know to where i thought i was full and i lived i walked throughout the day really disturbed because i'm like i ate a part part of a complete breakfast you know the cartoons in my head i'm all you know i'm all strong or whatever but then you know when you really get reconnected some of these high nutritive teas really reconnect you to nourishment. What does nourishment really feel like? And it's like, oh, that's a whole different body. I feel like a whole different person. You know what I mean? What is that? You know? So, um, but I think that would help a lot of these kids that are put in these rooms, you know, you know, they're, they're, they're over sugared and then they're given some weird medicine, you know what I mean? That's keeping them loopy. And ugh, if they're not sleep, you know, they're bouncing off the walls, you know, they're just not the same person from day to day. Imagine, imagine society where we had those kids in a room with an essential oil just in the air, you know, and, you know, with tea readily available, you know, nice tasting Nervine or something like that. If we know they're suffering from anxiety, you know, I just imagine a place where, you know, where that, uh, where that is. So I think, but one of the ways for them to even try it is to make it cool. Being a drug dealer is only cool because it's in the music as being cool. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm yep. a dope dealer. But if you, all the dope dealers I know are broke. <laughs> They're not happy <laughs> with their job, with their job choice, you know, or with the with the job they went into. You know, there's long hours, little pay, and you have the risk. And high stress. High stress. <laughs> and now you're not even making money now, you know, like in Colorado, you know, since it's legalized, you know, it's it's, it's a different game, you know. But um. But how do we make the herbalist cool? The only way to make the herbalist cool is to give the herbalist that language and to give them that a look that is con- because when I say herbalist to most kids, inner city youth, they think, oh, it's another one of those white doctors. You know what I mean? Like all I herbalism. think are like the hippie girls. Yeah, like that either, I know either some love. hippie girl frolicking, <laughs> or or if I use scientific terms, they're thinking of some old white guy in glasses that they can't relate to. You know. So when I came and I fused the two then the ear opens. The rhythm automatically opens that ear like, oh, you're speaking my language. That's why it's so important to know the culture you're trying to speak to, you know, because otherwise you're just either being offensive or, or corny. <laughs> you know, if I came in like, try to have some herbs, it's really good. They'd be like, what <laughs> are you doing, man? Go away, you know? But since I know how to rap, since I know how to rap in a very contemporary way, since I listen to all the modern artists, 
you know, I'm not so not so holier than thou that I can't listen to Kanye West or Lil Wayne or somebody that's just considered really raunchy to because it's deeper than what the artist is saying. What the artist is also passing on to you is the culture, the rhythm that's respected right now, you know. And so imagine taking that and placing some some holy stuff on top of it, you know, some beautiful. The church does all. I mean, there's a lot of gospel rappers out here getting mass love and support because they do that sort of thing. It seems like in other arenas, we just get stagnant of what the face of that looks like. You know, when I walk in a room, do people just automatically say herbalist? Probably not. You know what I mean? Not until I say a few Latin names. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe you are, you know, you know, so, you know, but yeah, so, so, but yeah, as far as the music thing, um, I do have a SoundCloud um, that, that people can check out. And um, that's uh, Monty Cleva. That's M-O-N-T-I-C-L-E-V-A-H. And that's a SoundCloud page where I have this song I wrote called Power Plants. You know, uh, if you'd like to hear it, uh, I can do some of it now if you want to hear a little bit. Yeah, definitely. If you want to sing it or rap it or okay. whatever we're going to do. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm not cool like you. So. <laughs> <laughs> it goes like this. I'll do some of it. It goes like this. <clears throat> and it kind of it kind of tells a little bit of the story of how I got into herbs. Um, it also talks a little bit about um, sort of the places I've been with the herbs and a little bit about my teacher. Um, but anyway, it's all mixed in there, you know. So it goes like this. <clears throat> a couple of years ago was always getting sick. Woo! Chronic fatigue, my brother. But I ran into this witty herbalist. She said, how about some tea, my brother? Took a look. What am I supposed to do with this? Mm. It's just some leaves, my brother. But she brewed the tea and put it to my lips. Wow. Energy, my brother. Energy released, I can be, my brother. Now my heart can beat, I can breathe, my brother. I'm at ease, my brother. I was just a piece, now I'm whole. Guess you can say that I'm at peace, my brother. Now I study the herbs and I can't cease, my brother. I want remedies for every disease from the west to the east. Every plant on the land and the seas. Allergies, you finna sneeze? We got nettles for that and other antihistamine plants to remedy that. Skull cap for the nerves in my medicine bag. Your doctor can't fix what my medicine can. You looking at me like you never heard of this man, but once you try me, you'll be looking for the herbalist man we got the herbs for the turbulence in the palm of our hand and the pills they be hurting us it's a part of the plan and the bills they be killing us side effects they be killing us yellow dot come free damiana Woo! all herbs i sell holy basil licorice ashwagandha mm, all good as hell lavender lemon balm kava kava dang i love the smell angelica burdock and rhodiola wow We'll make you well. Skullcat, passionflower, and eleuthero. All great for the nerves. Echinacea, spilanthes, and marshmallow. For a throat that burns. Chase tree, cotton root, lady mantle. For female concern. Nettle seed, don quai, sal palmetto. Wow, I don't have the words. A couple weeks ago, my teacher went to Mexico. My teacher, the professional, the best you know. The type to bless, the type to bless you with the basil, not some vegetable. She said, believe with all your heart and not a decimal. Now with the herbals, man, I'm colder than an Eskimo. Hit the mountain range and pack the herb. I fill the jar up with the ethanol i'm hiking in the rain i'm in the paint just like it's basketball collecting power plants and i'm not stopping until the basket's full a couple weeks go by and that'll be my cure homemade my brother now i take an herb to make my blood pure Olay, my brother there's so much in life this brother has endured for she's my brother organic growers man are knocking on your door Oh geez, my brother. I get the fresh I get the fresh plant, put the fresh I get the French press, put the fresh herbs in it, pour the boiling water, let it sit for 15 minutes, appreciate the scent, strain the water from the spinach, put it in a coffee cup, and then I drink it till it's finished, till the spirit is replenished, cause my body was acidic. Now my blood is alkaline. I was out my mind, I was off my vibe, I was almost out of time, I was about to die, I was about to cry, but instead I won my bout instead I won my bout without and now I'm about to fly. Took the pliers to my faith and watched the blessings multiply. 
So anyway, that was a little bit of it. You That's know. awesome. Thank you. I was stumbling a little bit. I haven't wrapped it in a while. I, did, but. I wish we had a studio audience <laughs> thank to you, thank you, thank for you. you. That's so great. Thank you. So yeah, you're definitely getting through to the youth. Absolutely. When that's how you're communicating. Absolutely. Instead of being like, I'm going to stand up here in my white coat Absolutely. and I'm just going to throw some big words at you and make you feel uncomfortable. Absolutely. That's great. Absolutely. I think it's it's very important for us to um, spread the love to those communities, you know. And um, a lot of those communities don't always have access to the even the Western medicine, you know. A lot of a lot of it's become expensive um, in ways that just just amazing, just ways you'd never ex- expect, you know. And um, so just to show, hey, you know that dandelion growing down the street, you know, you know that might help that, you know. Now, granted, you get certain herbalists that say, what about if that dandelion is sprayed, you know? Wouldn't that hurt the kid? Like, well, okay, consider this. What about all the GMOs, you know, we eat? The pesticides. What about the food. stuff? What about all the stuff? You're right, the pesticides anyway. You know what I mean? That they're spraying on all your... We're eating all of that. I don't care how much we're rinsing it off. You know what I mean? So in We're the saying sea- organic because the farm right next to it isn't Absolute, organic. Exactly, so exactly. wind blows the exactly. pesticides over anyway. Exactly. So the way I see it is if you can, if that's the only medicine you can get your hands on, I'd say still use it. I've never had a bad reaction from using something like that. It's not my first go-to. I don't promote it as the first go-to, but for someone suffering that has access to no medicine, to have that is the benefits are way higher, you know what I mean, than any kind of chemical that could be sprayed on it, in my opinion, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So to wrap it up, what's your big takeaway message? Like if for budding herbalist or experienced herbalist, if there's one, you know, theme or underlying story or just, you know, lesson that you want them to get out of what you have found to be important about herbalism, what would you tell them? That herbalism is a spiritual system. That herbalism is as much outside of you as it is in. And that it's not just taking in information. You can't memorize a bunch of herbs and be an herbalist. It's a very experiential thing. And it's all-encompassing. You know, we're talking about mind, body, soul. And that is really what I'd like to be the takeaway message is that understand that what you're getting into is not just some quick, quick, whether it's a money-making, you know, thing or some quick way to learn how to cure a cold. What you're getting into is a system of spiritual development, in my opinion. You know what I mean? You're Through cultivating this herb, you're cultivating yourself. You know what I mean? Through, through taking this herb, you're taking in information and knowledge from the planet that's reminding your body on how to function you know so so really for me it's it's about respect it's about respect and about not limiting where it can take you you know don't limit yourself don't say this herbalism is a field where this blah 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 no no it's infinite it can take you wherever you need to go and i i think that's i think that's important that when you because at the end of the day, if you're if you're doing it right, you won't just see a plant when you look out your window. You know, you'll see an entity, you'll see a being, you'll see a spirit guide, and um, I think a lot of us can use those these days. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Montague. That was great. I really appreciate you um, talking with me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of The Herb Walk with Jessica Baker. And thank you, Montague, for rapping with us and reminding us to keep herbalism fun, not only for ourselves but for the future generations. If you want to learn more about herbalism, download the Herb Walk podcast on iTunes today.